Hello, my name's Sophia Hansen and I'm here to help you feel calm and relaxed so you can have a better birth. On this podcast, I'll share inspiring conversations with mums and birth professionals where we dive deep into hypnobirthing and birth education so you are brimming with confidence, positivity and excited to birth your baby. There's plenty more goodness for you at sophiahansen.com. Today I'm joined by midwife and first-time mum Romilly and her baby daughter Fern. Romilly chose to have an active birth at home and it's just as well because there was an unexpected delivery halfway through that she really didn't want to miss. Romilly, thank you for sharing your birth story with us. It's so lovely for mums to hear what's possible for them. And Fern, I think she chose a pretty special day to arrive, didn't she? Tell us more. The 18th of July was my 30th birthday, so I think I was... 39 weeks and five days so just two days before the due date and I'd not had any signs of labour at all whatsoever couldn't even really feel like there was a I wasn't even really waddling like there wasn't a baby in my pelvis it didn't seem it just so I just kind of didn't think it was going to happen anytime soon and we'd been out for a birthday meal and then been for a walk come home to watch Love Island and uh, was sat on my birthing ball and then went to bed and I remember because it was spot on 10 o'clock and I felt this you know this just sensation and it was very low down a lot lower than I thought it would be I thought it would start a bit more in the bump but it wasn't it was much more like lower uterine and then about five minutes later didn't did it again and I was like ooh. and at this point it was you know very mild totally able to talk and breathe and no problems at all so I told my husband and he was very excited and uh, we were both lying in in the dark in silence and Richard would just say to me every few minutes have you had another one yet? And I'd be like, yes, I have. Try and go to sleep, please. And so it carried on like that for a couple of hours. And I sent my husband into the spare room just because I thought, you know, if this is a false alarm, then he's needs to go to work in the morning and I don't want him to be tired. So I carried on on my own, which was quite nice, actually. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, this is this is lovely. I lit some candles and didn't start the music or anything at that point because you know I didn't know if we were quite there so just kind of was on my bed on my hands and knees never once stopped moving ever just because it just didn't feel right so I was on my hands and knees I was swaying you know getting up and down going to the bathroom that kind of thing so I decided at about yeah two o'clock in the morning that I would wake my husband up and we were just excited and I just said yep I've been having you know regular surges now let's get the tens machine out and let's start doing all of our things that we wanted to do so because we were having a home birth it just meant getting the everything out where we wanted it to be the towels the shower curtains and just getting in the zone really so we started sea of serenity playing as well so that was on and i used a tens machine which was amazing and i would recommend anyone to get one we were just doing that and we were walking around we were all over the house i was telling sophia before i was eating as normal drinking plenty had really really bad heartburn so was drinking a lot of gaviscon at one point my husband asked me if i can can you overdose on gaviscon i was like no don't worry it'll be fine and then we about four o'clock in the morning decided to call the midwife who was wonderful and came out and she was very respectful and i'd met her before which helped but also it did change their vibe 
which I always knew could happen, but when it happens, it's very like, wow, yeah, I feel, I suddenly felt a lot more awake and my contractions dwindled a little bit and they spaced out a lot. So I then felt like I had stage fright and I felt like I needed to prove that, no, no, I, I am I am in labour, I am in labour. But thankfully she knew all this and she just said, look, you know, me being here is going to make things different. She said, I'll just, you know, just don't mind me, I'll, I'll do this. And she was, you know, doing her paperwork and things. So then she, she gave me a choice. She kind of said, I'll either, we can either examine you now and then you can make a decision or I can just go downstairs and just we'll just see what happens so I decided I'd prefer to have the examination so I had the examination and I was at about two centimeters dilated but it looked like things were progressing as they should do my waters hadn't broke or anything like that so we sent the midwife home and she just said ring me whenever she never made us feel like well, don't you ring me unless it's actually time. <laughs> she said, just ring me whenever, even if I get to the end of your street, I don't care. She was like, I'll come straight back. So that was lovely. I think then we just carried on the way we were before. And funnily enough, as soon as she left, things picked up again. So I was in the bath. I was out of the bath. I was just all over the place. We were just carrying on. And then I think by about maybe six o'clock in the morning, started to think like maybe it was time to get the midwives back. Nothing really, the only thing had changed is that the contractions had become a lot stronger. Might be thinking about using some gas and air soon. So, rang the midwives to come back and they arrived around about, I think maybe half seven-ish. And it was the same midwife again because it was still the night shift and things didn't really slow down then. I don't know if that's because I knew her then and I knew who was coming into my house and what she was like. She just observed and said, yeah, it looks like things are happening. Let's get the day team here. So the other mid midwives who were going to be on the day shift arrived a bit later on and they had a student with them, which was absolutely fine by me. I'd already like given permission for that. But they stayed downstairs whilst we carried on upstairs, which was lovely because I didn't feel like I was suddenly surrounded by people. Mm. They even had their hand over in our kitchen whilst Richard had his breakfast, which was quite nice. <laughs> he was downstairs having his cereal and a cup of tea whilst they were chatting. And um, I was upstairs quite happy to be left alone for a little while. So I was using the gas and air at that point as well, which had helped for a short time. Um, But because I was, the breathing was the most helpful thing for me, whether it was, to be honest, whether it was in, whether it was a certain kind of breathing or not, just being able to do long, slow breaths was the best like form of like pain relief for me. So I'd use the gas and air for a little while and then I just felt like it wasn't really doing anything. And if anything, it was hindering my breathing because I was almost like hyperventilating on it a little bit and I wasn't getting anything from it anyway. So I kind of thought, well, I'll just go back to doing what I was doing before. Although I think I did kind of throw it on the floor in a bit of a dramatic, <laughs> I don't need this anymore. So I then consented to having another examination. The midwives, I don't even think had... I think one of them had said, we can examine you, but we don't have to. And I said I wanted one just to know that I was making some progress, just for my own knowledge. So I was examined and was progressing really nicely, five centimetres dilated, but it didn't really matter that much. She said she couldn't feel exactly what was going on because my the bag of waters was there and was ready to blow. So she kind of just said, we know everything's going really well. She was really encouraging. And then, yes, yeah, so I just got back up and just carried on. So there was a lot of walking around. I was telling Sophia before, I was a lot of uh, stamping my feet and shaking my hands. I forgot that I was doing that a lot, which really helped to get like rid of, I don't know if it got rid of tension or something, but it just felt good. I think I had about 10 baths and was just 
loved having a change of scene, loved being distracted. Was still drinking. I think I was drinking at that point, but I wasn't eating anything. Eating anything after, um, after towards you know towards the latter end of it. And yeah, we just the midwives were really respectful and stayed stayed downstairs. They asked me, you know, they'd come in to monitor the baby, and didn't make they, they weren't intrusive in any way, which was really lovely. And me and Richard just hung out upstairs. It was a really hot day, so the windows were all open. So we did end up with some people from next door coming round to make sure we were okay because I was making a lot of noise, <laughs> uh, which helped. So because the breathing, you know, you start, you kind of start making these like roaring noises, which just felt amazing. If I'd been told not to do that, I, no, I never would have coped, but that felt really, really good. And yeah, I stayed upright the whole time. I only actually sat down for the examinations. So that was twice. I think the rest of the time I was either walking or I was on my hands and knees yeah I don't remember doing anything else so I was kind of like squatting and lunging and things and that's when my waters broke at about lunchtime because I was stood next to our bed and I just felt like the surges were really intense at that point and then I just felt this almighty burst <laughs> and it was like all over my husband's feet pretty much and uh, it was nice and surprising which was good and the midwives were just like brilliant there we go and yeah we just carried on from there and then around about lunchtime-ish or maybe a little bit later we had a very unexpected delivery of a sofa from DFS which was annoying but also we really needed that sofa because we just (laughs) moved into the house a few months before so I kept thinking well we can't have a baby and not have a sofa that will be really annoying but hilarious that they both came on the same day so the poor men from dfs they heard some interesting noises i think and by this point yeah the waters were leaking they were nice and clear they were no problems but i was starting to get a lot more signs that things were progressing there was a little bit more mucusy show i'd not had any of that beforehand so please don't worry if you don't have your mucusy show because that didn't come out until literally before the baby came out so and then as soon as the dfs men were leaving i felt a huge urge to push in the bathroom i was stood in the doorway and i remember just thinking oh my gosh yay there's something happening um so when into the bedroom and was on my hands and knees on the bed for a little while but then decided to kneel on the floor with my head resting on the bed which was just such a yeah felt really really a good position to be in and pushed for maybe yeah just about an hour-ish which felt good and again was still breathing all the way through and the nice thing about pushing is that you get a bigger space in between the contractions so I was getting a little time where I would just rest and that felt really nice like I'd, I'd fall asleep even if it was only about 30 seconds I'd still fall asleep and then I'd wake up and then push again but there was no no active pushing so my body was pushing and then I was doing what I felt I needed to on top of that which was involuntary like I couldn't help it and I was you know still mooing and making lots of noises uh, to help kind of like move the energy like downwards but I wasn't going purple in the face I don't think and I could breathe whenever I wanted to and things which I know can be a bit different sometimes and yeah and then eventually everyone just started cheerleading a bit more because they could see something the midwives at this point had all come in and even then they were just sat around the room I, even now I don't even really know where they were I could just hear voices every now and then but I know the student midwife was sat to my right And then there was another midwife behind me. And then the other midwife was out of the room because she didn't need to be there. So, And Richard was on the bed. And we've got a a mirror on our wardrobe that slides across. So Richard could still see what was happening with the birth whilst being up at my head end to support me, which was good because I was doing a lot of hand squeezing at that point. 
and yeah we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and then yes eventually I remember thinking if I can I knew that the head was very close to being born which isn't that bad actually it doesn't feel that too bad I didn't think I thought well if I can push as hard as I can now and get the head out then I'll only have another one contraction after that and then sh- the baby will be here and I'll know what I've got as well because that's through your head the whole time is, is it a boy or a girl or is it a boy or a girl and so that's a really good motivation the head was born and everyone was just so happy I remember hearing Richard say about how the baby's got chubby cheeks <laughs> and I was just thinking great <laughs> whatever and then and then yeah then the baby was born and no one there was no like it didn't feel like um, a big drama or anything like that I just the midwife lay her in between my legs and I picked her up and saw that she was a girl told my husband and we were just just so happy like just the best feeling ever there's a lot of happiness and there's a lot of relief and a lot of just feeling like you are the most strong person who has ever existed (laughs) I remember thinking that quite a lot like I am so amazing I can't believe we've just done that so good and then yeah there was lots of tears and it was just lovely and baby was perfect she was fine she was lovely and pink there was never any concerns about her at all so nobody touched her it was just me and the towel I think the midwife might have brushed a towel over her but she was perfectly fine we were in skin to skin straight away and then after a few minutes of being on the floor the midwives had cleared the bed put a clean sheet on it for me put lots of disposable pads on it and we just all three of us just got into bed and she had her first breastfeed uh, straight away pretty much and she was lovely and alert which was nice as well she was looking around the room and then I think I decided not to have any drugs for the third stage because I just kind of thought let's just see if our body does it if there's any bleeding or anything then fine we can change things but there wasn't so I think we kept the cord intact for about an hour while she fed and then I started to get these crampy feelings so I kind of thought oh I think the placenta is ready to come out now so I went to the bathroom well Richard cut the cord which was lovely and it had gone completely white which was nice as well it wasn't pulsating anymore and then we went to the bathroom and I squatted on the floor and the placenta basically plopped out (laughs) which was quite nice weird but very nice and I just handed it to the midwife (laughs) and said there you go and yeah and then she I wanted to keep the placenta we haven't done anything with it it's just in the freezer waiting for a job I don't know what we're gonna don't know what we're gonna do with it but we didn't want anyone to take it with them so yeah they checked it over and said it was perfect and then we just got back into bed and chilled out I oh I had a shower as well yeah I must have had a shower yeah I had a shower because the midwife helped me I remember and yeah we just relaxed they did my blood pressure baby was perfect they weighed her and then they left us to it and it was just really nice and yeah thankfully didn't have to have any stitches or anything so that was another added bonus of the whole thing so yeah really good something that you'd mentioned to me earlier on was that you really wanted as natural a birth as possible but yet at the same time hypnobirthing wasn't about having a super quiet serene birth and from what you've described there was plenty of laughter plenty of noise as well as the occasional I'm never doing this again but I think you've probably already softened on that one there's so much pressure on women you're either in one camp where you've had a really traumatic emergency horrible experience and come through the other side of it or you've had you know a perfect calm pool birth and there doesn't seem to be much space for those who are in between who like I said I think I sometimes think my birth story must be quite boring but it is I know it's not really but you know you worry about 
other people if you tell them that you had this lovely calm experience maybe they you know if they didn't you don't want to make them feel bad but actually none of us have a choice about what happens I just knew that I wanted if I could avoid any unnecessary interventions then I would and I'm really glad that we did avoid anything unnecessary now and yeah it wasn't so much about achieving this like idyllic pool birth where everything's calm and perfect in quotations Mm. it was more just about whatever happened us being able to accept it and having the you know feeling positive about it rather than thinking oh I'm really upset that I didn't have the birth that I wanted hypnobirthing gave us we knew that we could accept whatever happened and it just so happens that what happened was was perfect for us so that's yeah that's what we wanted yeah and also you mentioned that for you personally you felt like you were having a a huge kind of emotional release as part of it just letting go in in every sense of the phrase oh yeah hugely like I remember crying so maybe beforehand think I might have thought oh you know I won't cry during labour because I'll be too busy you know being serene and breathing perfectly but actually I did cry because it felt really good to cry and I needed to cry because I was like this is this is really intense and it's really hard and I don't know if I can carry on doing it and the crying really helped because you just felt like you know you've got all these emotions you're about to be a mum and you know you really want everything to go okay you want your baby to be okay you don't want anything bad to happen so it's like letting out all of these fears and then once I'd finished crying I actually felt a lot better <laughs> so that was quite good <laughs> yeah women often get concerned in the run-up to birth itself not so much about how they will cope but how their partner or their husband will cope with the actual labour and birth and I know from having met Richard several times before Fern joined us in the world and a few times since she was born that he has been both a phenomenal support to you and a wonderful father tell us more absolutely he was amazing because he I think both of us beforehand you don't know how you're gonna be and I was worried and had said a few times to Richard please please don't panic if I'm loud or please don't panic if something happens and it was all very focused on like you know please don't panic if there's an emergency but he especially didn't panic even though there was no emergencies seeing me in the way I was, which must have been a little bit like a feral animal. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't ever. I never got the sense that Richard is is upset or Richard needs my support. He just was there, and I always knew he was there, and that he was never far away, and that and that he was just taking it all in his stride, and he was being very strong, which was what I really wanted. I didn't want to. Not that I would have been disappointed if he hadn't coped, but I would have felt bad if I felt like he was like upset or worried about me too much yeah he just knew instinctively what to do when when was time to step in and say do you want me to rub your back and or when was time Romilly does not want me to rub her back (laughs) Romilly wants me to go away but it was it was different every time it was each surge is different what would have one and having a hand on you would feel like the best thing in the world and then the next one would feel like you just needed everyone to leave you alone Mm. so Richard was very good at managing that he never once I never once felt like oh no like I've hurt his feelings by telling him to leave me alone like even though I think I apologized a million times as well just because you do don't you like I'm really sorry I just told you to leave me alone but I never actually felt like I needed to do that it was just we had this connection all the way through it which was really nice it was good and how much of a part would you say that the hypnobirthing and the birth mm. preparation and to an extent the prenatal yoga supported you through that experience? Oh, hugely, like massively. I felt like, same as I said before about there being a sacred space, yoga and the hypnobirthing had just given us 
this like time together just to get ready for this one day I mean I know obviously we have a baby now and we've got ready for that in our own way but hypnobirthing and yoga seem to just give us a bit of time just to be in that moment of pregnancy and just this own yeah just this time for you and your body where you're not thinking about baby clothes and all that kind of other business and the stuff that everyone wants to ask you all the time like is it a boy or a girl and all that business like it's just it just takes away all that noise and just gives you time just to be a pregnant person and then the hypnobirthing well that's the only thing that gave us that connection really I think because we had we obviously were connected we would have been connected anyway but we it's like we went into this special zone together which is the zone that we'd been in whenever we'd been with you or at your house or wherever and it yeah I'd say that the hypnobirthing is responsible for that I don't know how if that's what would have happened if we didn't do it because Richard might not have felt as prepared as he did and we wouldn't have felt as excited and fearless as we did without it and you also mentioned that just a, a few hours after Fern had joined you in the world, there was pizza and champagne and yeah. you were still listening to something special in the background. Yes, we still had on the birthing music about four hours later. I think it might have even been that we'd gone, we'd come downstairs and had a takeaway and then gone back upstairs and realised it was still on. So we were like, we should probably turn this off now. But it was really nice. It was just like nice to have it on in the background. And we, yeah, we'd... We just came downstairs with baby and I was saying to you before, it was so strange to go upstairs as a pregnant woman and then come back downstairs holding this little girl who you didn't know was a little girl before. Just thinking, oh, here she is, put her, put her in, in the living room with the new sofa. But um, <laughs> yeah, we had a takeaway and then went back to bed and it was just perfect. Didn't have to go anywhere or do anything. And we watched Love Island. <laughs> What a day. Let's do it all again. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for sharing that with us. Oh, no, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure having you join us. Drop me a line if there's a conversation you would love to hear. Sophia at sophiahanson.com. Whatever you do, be calm and relaxed. Lots of love. Bye bye for now.